Okay, with Emily Elise Burton, uh, all we were is the short film. She is the writer. She's the director. You're also the star of the film, too, correct? Yep. yep. You're busy. This is your first film? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Wow. So you really like uh, you really hit a home run with this, your first film. Like, <laughs> I see a lot of first-time films, and it's like not as good as this one. So congrats. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. So what, what's, what's your first love? Is it acting? Yeah, I originally, that was the whole reason I started writing films and directing. I was an actor for a long time and I really just wasn't getting offered the roles that I wanted to play. And I actually met a playwright, Del Shores, and I had a really great conversation with him because he was also originally an actor. And I asked him like how he got into playwriting and he was just like, I didn't want to wait around for someone to offer me the role I always wanted to play and so he kind of just cut the middleman out and that's what I did and uh yeah I yeah I originally started just because I wanted to write my own roles but it's my the, my love for film has just grown so much more since then easy easier said than done though right like uh to one thousand percent it's like oh yeah I'll just do that and it's like it's like but it's a real kind of uh so tell me about the writing of the script so so obviously, like not obviously, but this seems like a pretty personal film for you. Like it seems it's it's you could you could feel it when you're watching the film that this is like this 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 is this is a very true story, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It is um loosely inspired by a previous relationship that I was in. And I I went through like a year of therapy and I my had my therapist recommend me. She was like, I think it would just be really cathartic for you to kind of write it out. And kind of have this like third person omniscient view of the whole thing where you're looking at it from two different perspectives. And it definitely helped me to be able to see like the parts of the relationship where I was wrong and where I felt like he was wrong and stuff. But uh, yeah, it was definitely uh, deeply personal. And I wrote it like a year after that breakup. And luckily, Matias de la Flor was a good friend of mine at the time and somebody that kind of already knew the story in real life. So when I brought him on to uh, play my boyfriend in the film, he did it better than I could have ever, ever expected. And what, what about the ex? Has the ex watched this film? I believe he has. I believe he has. Um, he is blocked on everything, but he has still made numerous attempts to let me know that he has seen the film. Is there a story there? With I'm just curious. <laughs> no, uh, not really. Not really that big of a story. Um, he just is somebody that I have no interest in ever having sure. in my life. Yeah. And uh, there's definitely parts of the film that I could have gone, I think, deeper on for sure. And especially if I wrote it at a different time in my life. But uh, but no, he. I have no hard feelings towards that guy, and he's perfectly fine. But um, I'm pretty sure that he has seen the film for sure. I'm just I'm just looking at the context of like someone in their twenties, like like I'm a male. I was in my twenties mm -hmm. long ago. I was in my twenties, <laughs> very like very insecure, kind of like you know, think you know a lot of things, but you really don't. And then sort of like, if your ex-girlfriend makes a film about you, you'd be like, I'd have my guard up. I'd be like, what? Oh, okay. What's going on here? Then yeah. Totally, totally. I mean, I've also dated musicians who I'm pretty sure have also written songs about me. <laughs> um, but no, uh, there's no hard feelings towards the guy. I uh, it just, it was my way of kind of taking back the narrative and uh, having my own control and say over how I felt and how my emotions were, um, a lot of the times in the relationship felt invalidated. And so this was my way of validating them myself. 
Well, the reason why the film works is because it's there's a balanced story. So meeting that it's not just you kind of beating up on this, like your character beating up on this other this male character. It's like there's a there's there's a it tries to be as balanced as, as possible. That's why we're talking right now. It's mm-hmm. like there's not a bias into this into the storytelling. So that's very therapeutic, I'm sure, <laughs> on your part. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And th- I mean, that was the thing that when I went into the writing process of it was that I I didn't really want people to be like, oh, clearly Olivia's right or oh, clearly yeah. Nico's right. Like I wanted it to kind of be where you decide on which team you're on and it's ba- usually based off the experience that you've had in your own life and because neither one of them are right and they both should not be in this relationship at all. Yeah, that's, uh, so, that's, the, yeah. that's the summary of the film, right? Like yeah. it's like they're both right, they're both wrong and they both should break up so yes yes they definitely should not be together no <laughs> it's an anti-romance film meaning that like it's yeah. like it's it's a romance film in the opposite direction absolutely absolutely structurally so let's talk about the making of the film because i because it's like so you're you're acting in it so you're like i know there's scenes where you're not in but you're in most of the scenes so how does that work for you as a director are you do you have everything plotted out like the shot list storyboards like do you know where everything you're doing before you you enter the front of the camera yeah, yeah, I will definitely say um if anybody's ever thinking about doing that, um don't do it for your first film. It yeah. is definitely like a challenge for sure, but I had a really good team on my end that really helped me out a great deal. I had a really amazing first AD Jim Bumio who really stepped in to help with whenever I was on screen taking control, you know, being able to call action cut and just letting me also breathe in a lot of those moments because there are really emotional parts of the film where I had to leave that director side of my brain and solely get into the character and solely focus on the acting portion of it. And that can be hard to switch from so quickly, especially when you're on a very short time crunch. And so having a really great collaborative DP and first AD to really help me make that feel more seamless was also great. But also, I really think having a amazing acting partner who was able to help me sit there and get into the character and really like take moments to kind of do aftercare and even get some prep work in before every scene. But we definitely had a shot list for everything. We had it perfectly mapped out and we went through a ton of rehearsals uh, the week and like two weeks leading up to shooting the film. So when we got to the shoot day, it just felt more organic and just, we didn't have to think too much on our feet about it. We had it really mapped out and planned well. Gotcha. So you're, you're, you got the performance. Like you're, there's like an old saying where like Clint Eastwood was directing himself back in the day. I'm sure you know who he is. He directed his his first film and then he was preparing. He was very, he was like, oh my God, I forgot. I have to act in this film. Like he's so prepared and he forgot that oh my God, I'm acting in this film too. And then he really like started freaking out. So, but you, you kind of prepared your, yourself as an actor first and you made sure that you're, you're, you got it. And then basically yeah. so when you got the set, you can, you can kind of like worry about other things, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. That, the acting, the, that portion of it, I really wanted to be really just so grounded and just so almost over rehearsed and to a point to where I just didn't have to think about it and I could focus put all my more my energy into the directing aspect of it when I needed to okay so from a directorial standpoint if I'm like I'm gonna like second third view I'm gonna pick your film apart a little bit you're he's always in the power position like he's like always Mm. taller than her 
she's kind of like you the first scene like the the way you set it up is that he's like like prim and proper it's like he just went to a to a manicurist he just went to this his stylist and like there's not a his beard is perfectly trimmed and like he's his his like you know he's like he's very put together and then mm -hmm. he's standing up looking at you your character and you're like like almost like uh you're like almost like sunk in the chair mm -hmm. you're like you're like you're almost you're, you're tiny i guess in comparison and you're sitting down he's standing up and that sort of sets up a theme of your film in a lot of ways where then you stand up and you kind of like you have this you guys have this mm -hmm. argument the breakup argument and then you go in the flashbacks but even in the flashbacks he's always in a power position was that consciously mm -hmm. on your part the, the thing that you did yeah yeah definitely for sure and that was a lot of uh working with my dp as well for different camera angles that we thought would really play play into that but one thing that we also did is and i don't think a lot of people will pick up on it unless you like watch it notoriously like thousands of times like i do uh where every other scene is kind of from another person's perspective so yep. the first scene is uh from olivia's perspective and then the next scene after that when they meet is from nico's perspective and whenever the film is set from olivia's perspective i really wanted it to be where that person's character like was more natural so in the first scene olivia you know she doesn't have that much makeup on her hair's up she's not in like this glamorous clothing whereas this version of nico that she sees is perfectly like, that's what i mean yeah he's styled yeah, yeah yeah he's perfectly styled he's wearing like the best outfits his hair is perfectly coiffed but when you go to a scene that's from nico's point of view olivia's makeup is always so overdone her hair's curly she's wearing shorter like hemline she's wearing like you know deeper v-neck cut shirts and he's just a little bit more looser a little bit more casual and just not as quote-unquote perfect so it really wasn't the intent to be able to see like how this other person sees the other character mm -hmm. and they're not really seeing them for who they actually are yeah no it's really yeah because they got in the second scene she's got she's wearing a, a like a she just came from the prom or yeah <laughs> or she's like wearing a, like that slip or style to a gala dress, yeah. whatever right she's yeah. very like yeah and then it gets very sexual like like they, there's like like they're like the film is very like you show that there's like there's a chemistry there's a sexual chemistry between the two of them mm -hmm. which is why they're they connect right so mm -hmm. which is kind yeah. of like sometimes it goes away sometimes it doesn't right but it seems like this is always in that relationship between the two of them yeah i think a lot of people often stay in relationships because the intimacy is just so good and they don't want to leave that behind and so i think that that's one thing that plays into this relationship but it's also every time there is a sex scene it is a scene that's from nico's point of view so it is just also alluding to that he could only be seeing her for her body and not for who she actually is gotcha okay yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah <clears throat> it, it is yeah it is interesting it's an interesting kind of dynamic like what you just said because i don't think that's that's been even expressed a lot in in, in film where like everything's the relationship sucks except for the intimacy mm -hmm. and so so you keep you keep the like that people think that's the number one priority right? yeah <laughs> yeah and it's like how are you outside the bedroom like how yeah. are you connecting in that way yeah yeah and it's like what people stay for decades because of that right so absolutely absolutely and i think it also it can cloud people's judgment when it get, they get into relationships yeah. so yeah i think it can sometimes make it more magical but it can also make relationships a thousand times more complicated Gotcha. Yeah, no, it's you, you, you guys both do a fantastic job. And it's like, it's a really so okay, so according to the blog interview, it's like, I, I love how you did you, you were like, you seem determined, okay, you had this, this idea in your brain, and you could like, and you were like, almost acting on instinct, the way I'm, mm -hmm. I'm here, I'm just like, I'm reading between the lines of what you wrote, basically, 
you kind of wrote the screenplay in the in the summertime. You got got the first final, got a good draft in October, and then you started crowdfunding in November and you started shooting in January. That's a pretty fast yeah. process. Yeah, it was definitely um it was really fast. No, I and it was all in 2020. It was during COVID. So and I like a lot of it was because I think and I think a lot of us just didn't know when COVID was gonna end and when the lockdown would end. And so I kept thinking, oh, whenever it's over. I'm going to move to LA, like we're going to, and the, if I move to LA, this film is never going to get made. And so I wanted to make it while, you know, a lot of my friends who were in film school with me, we were all like just graduated. We had nothing planned and we were like, I, I just don't want to sit here and not do anything. I want to be able to put my time and energy into creating something, especially when I graduated film school in 2020 and it was just a chaotic mess. And I just wanted to feel like I can do something with within my time. And so it felt like there was a push, but it was also just like this feeling of if I don't make this now, I don't know if I'm ever going to make it. And so it has to be now. Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to that too, right? Especially like you graduated during COVID, which must have sucked because you missed yes. a lot of things, right? Because yeah. it happened in March, so you're going to graduate that that spring, mm-hmm. and so you missed like um you missed all these elements that many of us go through when we graduate. You work your ass off, part of my French, to get to where you are, and all of a sudden that all goes away. Even though you graduated, it's just like it's nothing. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like you actually did because there's nothing, there's no, the, the physical thing never happened, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely feels like we're on spring break forever kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah so that must be, uh, the, yeah. So the, that feeling of you want to do something. So then post-production, you kind of, you're very, you're, you shared your, you're very honest about like the film's done. It's in the can. Now the hard work begins. Like now you mm. got to. Now you got to make the film in the editing room. Now you got to have the sound design. You got to have, you got to put the film together. That's, that's a process, right? So I'm sure I'm assuming you learned a lot during that process. Absolutely. And I, I I really am thankful for my producer, Epiphany James. She has produced like a ton of other short films. And so having her guidance was really, really appreciative, like in the editing room. And really, I just love collaborating with a lot of people. I mean, my first and main passion was always television so I've always just been so open to collaboration and I luckily found an amazing editor Zach Smith who was able to tackle the film and really I feel like give it the story that it needed and he just has a really great eye for being able to deliver like a really great performance when it comes to editing and really being able to captivate the story well so I was really appreciative of him but yeah I mean there were definitely like a lot of things where you're like oh like it's not gonna be that hard to fix and post I feel like every first time filmmaker says but yeah yeah, um I was luckily I think being able to not feel like we have to have it done by this date definitely alleviated a lot of tension because you don't want to spend too long editing you don't want to take it take forever obviously but I also wanted to make sure that no one was feeling rushed because I didn't want it to compromise the final outcome of the film but it's a fine balance where like where sometimes if you don't have a deadline the film never gets made right so, exactly yeah so you yeah but at the same time you don't want to rush the process absolutely yeah and i i definitely at first you know going into it we had this elaborate like okay we're going to have it done by this date we're going to do this and this this is the plan and everything and then I think just with filming it during and having it edited during a pandemic, you it's 
you can't have any high expectations of what the outcome is going to be because no one knows what's going on right now in the world. And it definitely plays an effect on a lot of different aspects of that. So yeah, we just, main lesson was learning to have patience because I personally didn't have patience and the pre-production part of it, you know, with writing it so quickly and getting it made uh, that I feel like the universe was telling me, okay, this is the time that you have to learn to have patience and slow down and it will reward you. Okay. So you're, you directed the film, obviously you wrote it and then you're in, you're in every scene. So editing it, how do you like, it's like, I've talked to other writer, direct uh, actor directors before where like it's taken them a long time to like, separate themselves like you mm -hmm. that's you and on screen but it's it's but it's also a character that's serving your story mm -hmm. it separates kind of like you got to separate yourself it's like that's you but it's really not you it's like you got to serve the story with your performance and you got to see that it's like you see all like oh my my face doesn't look good on this angle all this other all this vanity stuff that we have to get through did you did you did it was it hard for you to kind of like see your takes on on on, on film and kind of like kind of bring your and get your performance down? Honestly, I, and I don't know if it's just because I've been acting for like years. I've been acting since I was like nine years old. I don't have a problem with dissociating myself from the person that's on screen to who I actually am because I hate watching myself sometimes. But I, yeah, it's really, I feel like that's just not me whenever I'm watching the film. Like it is a completely different person. And I feel like I was more nitpicky with Matias's performance than I was myself. And that's because I could just have more of a critical view on it. But yeah, as far as like how I looked and, you know, what, uh, you know, just not reveling in like certain parts of the film, I the uglier it was, the better, because it's just more realistic in that way. Like I didn't want it to be so like prim and proper, but I also feel like, acting in it and being a director you are your toughest critic and you know what you can do and you feel like you're like why I can just get a better performance I know I can do better and during like the production of it just you know giving myself a, like a little bit more grace and also realizing hey we don't have a thousand takes yeah. to do of this scene so especially like with the bathtub scene for example like that scene was we only did two takes of that scene and I had to basically be like, okay, like this is this is good enough, and luckily it was, and I did enjoy the performance that both of us gave and the overall um, shooting of that scene. But yeah, I mean that was a scene where when we were filming it, I almost passed out because the water was just entirely too hot, and I also was on an empty stomach, and all I had was like coffee that morning. So I uh, I had to settle with the fact that I was like, okay, this is only going to be two scenes. It's fine though. And luckily when I got my dailies back at the end of the day, I was like, okay, you know what? Crisis averted. It's actually totally fine. So then, and also you wrote the script as well. So then mm -hmm. obviously, not obviously, but I'm assuming things change in editing, right? Like there's, you always kind of rewrite a little bit in editing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was it was getting to the point where it was going to be like a 30 minute long film. And I was like, okay, no, we got to cut this off. So even like when we were shooting it, we cut, I think we cut like one scene out of the beginning. Um, it definitely wasn't supposed to originally have the cold open that it does. It was supposed to be more of like a montage in a way that's matched at the end. There's a, like a slight montage at the end of the film when she's debating whether or not she wants to stay with him. And there was supposed to be a montage at the start of the film that was all like the happy 
moments in their gotcha. relationship. And then the end of it is paired with the realistic, like what was actually happening. Um, and we just felt that it was more effective when you had the more cold open. And I personally just love cold opens like that. So yeah, uh, there was definitely a lot of um, tweaking and, you know, cutting down like some of the more int intimate scenes. So yeah, there definitely was. You're giving us the ending in the beginning and instead of like giving, twisting the audience and kind of like wondering what's going to happen next, it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a brave choice because you're kind of, you're telling us what the film is going to be when it's in the cold open. Yeah, I think about, I originally grew up in theater. So I think about two of my personal favorite musicals, which was um, The Last Five Years and Hamilton. And with both of those, uh, they tell you what the story, how it's going to end with Hamilton, Aaron Burr, kills Hamilton. Well, if you study um, American history, you would know. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. But like in the start of the, they, they choose to start, yeah. yeah, they choose to start the musical with, uh, you know, Aaron Burr saying that he's the man that shot Hamilton. And yeah. it makes it to a point where it's like, okay, we're not keeping this from you. We're not hiding the fact that Olivia and Nico break up. The story is going to be about how did we get here? How did we find that out? Yeah, it's uh, sorry, you, you're making me think of like Columbo. I don't know, it's probably before your time, but there was a the detective series Columbo where they show the murder, they show the murder and they show who the murderer was. And then mm -hmm. in the first scene, the cold open, and then the next, the whole episode was about how he figured out how he figured out how the, the, the how who the murderer was, even though the yeah. audience is the audience is always ahead of the of the of the film, just like in this film, we're like, we know they're gonna break up. You told us that. So it's like now we want to know how. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I think it's, I think it's really interesting way to be able to, um, cause I just, I just wanted to bring the audience in and be like, okay, let's get close. Like, let's go ahead and start off with like a really close relationship with the audience. And I think having that, it just instills a little bit more trust in the audience to let me take you there and show you the map and the course of this relationship. Fantastic. Good job. This is Thank your you. first film, like 20 minutes <laughs> long too. Right. So like, it's like a lots of that's a long first film. So and you you accomplished your task, especially you. really just a relationship film about two people too, right? So yeah, I, and then that's the kind of stories that I enjoy. I just I love I love films that are just two people in a room, different rooms talking. So that was definitely uh, something personal for me that I really wanted to do. And yeah, I I was I'm really happy that this was my first film and it was a personal story that I could tell. Okay, so you're according to the blog interview, you're. You co-host uh, a dating and lifestyle podcast, The Gal's Guide. Yes, yes, I do. And shout out to that. And and also, you're you want to direct a couple of music videos, and you're working on a feature film. Yeah, yeah. Right now, I'm currently writing a feature film, and I have uh, my co-host Hannah Miller, Hannah Adams. She is um, a musician. She's a country um, musician, and so we have a couple different. Uh, music videos lined up for her album release this year. So yeah, we, I, I love directing music videos. It was how I originally got started. So yeah. And how's the podcast going? Great. We are into our fourth, fourth year of making this oh, podcast. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. And I really enjoy it. It's definitely um, my favorite hobby that I don't put all like a lot of like pressure on, but it has been a really great because we interview so many different women across so many different fields we really just wanted to be like a guide for women and just different aspects of their life not just dating but also like you know family planning and you know divorce and how how what's the guide to like a aging in the modern day and how do you take care of your skin to how do you file for divorce and what are prenups so if we covered just a bunch of wide 
wide range of topics for women and just wanted to be like their go-to guide. So, but you're like, okay. So according to the, uh, as we're doing this, we're doing this podcast in uh, early, early February in your last podcast, I thought I, I listened to it and I liked it a lot because I think that's something that nobody, it's about adult friendship mm-hmm. and there it is. It feels like hard work. That's sort of your tagline. And it does. It's like adult friendships are difficult because you're yeah. like, there's a lot going on where your, your, your career is a lot of us, I kids you're married. And like, it's like, it takes a lot of, it, it, it's like, it's, then you look around and like, where are my, where's my friendships? So it's, yeah. like, it's, I thought it's a timely podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was something where, I mean, we, we look at what's going on, like, not just like on social media, but like also like in our own lives. And it was something that where we saw like a lot of people like on TikTok talking about, you know, especially women just maintaining adult friendships and how do you, how do you meet people? Like if you, especially if you're working from home, like, how are you meeting people? And, you know, just this like epidemic of like where we have to schedule everybody in and it feels almost sometimes like these hangouts turn into meetings in a way and just constantly playing catch up instead of creating new memories. So yeah, we, it's, it's something that I feel like a lot of women right now, especially are struggling with, especially when you get into like your early thirties. But yeah, it it was just a relatable topic that I think um, a lot of women can understand right now. And also too, where we um, maybe uh, a suggestion next spot it's about like these 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 relationships that you have and it's like why am i still friends with this person it's like we've we've grown apart but then it's like almost like a it's like a habit it's almost like you know what i mean and they're yeah. not really good for you you're not really good for you talk about relationships it's like it's like but then it's hard to have that relationship breakup right so absolutely yeah i think sometimes friendship breakups can be harder if not just as hard like as your like romantic relationships because like you friendships fade whereas like relationships it's really awkward if they were to fade out because you're like just personal and intimate and romantic with that person but it sucks i think it just can be just as painful as a romantic relationship breakup and that person tries to keep sometimes the, the person like there's there's boundary issues where like mm-hmm. they, they try to keep this relationship going and it's like it's dead it died yeah. on the vine <laughs> it's like yeah. you just and it's like oh my god like how do you like separate yourself it's like anyways it's like i think a lot of people go through that yeah, I mean, especially like it, when you like get older and you grow apart, and yeah. some people move. Sometimes you know you go to different colleges, and just you just also just grow up. And sometimes you realize that like maybe your childhood best friend, like you just aren't the same people that you were when you were nineteen years old. Well, you go into different careers, you have different yeah. influences. Some some get married, have kids, some don't. It's like everything. Your life changes. Absolutely, yeah, and it definitely, I think you know, kids definitely play a huge part in that because sometimes you just don't have as much energy to dedicate to um, friends as much. I mean, I don't have children. I cannot relate, but- um, Life changes, basically. Like, yeah, your life changes, your priorities deal. change. Yeah. 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 No, you're onto something. It's it's good. It's like, it's like it's a, that's, a, that's a film in itself too. A lot of these podcasts, I'm just reading, uh, I just listened to the one, but I'm reading your, your, uh, your, your taglines. There's stories there. There's like, there's films in these ideas, so- no, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we really plan out every episode and really just take the time to kind of outline all the different topics we want to talk about. And it's just topics that I feel like some people just don't want to talk about. And I feel like that there should be conversations around them. And you got continuity where like it, you're you're putting one out every week, which is that's, yes. what the, that's what's good. Yes. Except there was not one this past week, but that is OK, because we both were sick. So <laughs> we couldn't we couldn't speak no for a while. So no yeah. 
<laughs> and then you made a film in the meantime. So basically writing a feature, you're busy. So you're in Los Angeles, yeah. you're busy. So uh, last question, what did you think we send the audience to you? What did you think about the audience had to say about your film? I, I really enjoyed that aspect. I mean, I, that is something that you don't really get with any other like film festival. So to be able to see other people and see what they think, and I, I think was really magical and really cool. And uh, I watched it with a couple of the people who worked on my film with me and we were just all smiling and had just, you know, giggle. It just, it was really like, just great to see people being able to love this film and connect with it and understand these characters and feel like they can relate to these characters. Uh, that is all I wanted was for people to feel like they were seen or heard and they could see themselves like in this relationship and, you know, be like, I've been there. I understand this relationship. I understand these characters and I could have asked for anything better. That's fantastic. Well, let's talk again when you make your next film. Keep making movies. Uh, Got you. This is your first one. The even small, whatever. Just keep keep kind of like learning the craft of, of filmmaking. You're on your Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Let's talk again soon. All right. Sounds good. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Schlemiel, Schlemizel, Hassenbeck Incorporated.